Hello everyone and thank you for coming back to yet another episode of The Gloving Paradigm. I am your host Peter aka LPD8 Dubuque and this week there has been a lot of talk this week in the gloving community. First things first I just want to address this. It's probably one of the biggest topics that are going on right now at the time of this recording. Amazing Lights has announced that they are coming out with a new chip. Now, when they first released the information that they're going to, it was all over Glover's Lounge. It was being spammed like crazy, which is understandable because they want to try to hype. And the marketing scheme right now is to go through Glover's Lounge and the Art of Gloving, as well as Reddit, to get to everybody to let them know that this product's coming out. You know, it's a lot of crazy stuff going on. The biggest updates right now at the time of this recording is that there's not going to be one, there's going to be two. Now, there's a lot of speculation on what this means. If I had to give you my spin on the speculation, to me, it's the same chip, just two different sizes for a specific reason. It's because there are some people out there who have really, really small fingers, and the the standard chip light of today's market is just a little bit too big, so it does not surprise me that Amazing Lights is trying to make a smaller chip for that audience because that's a pretty big audience It's probably one of the bigger cornerstones of the community is people with really small hands not saying that's a bad thing or a good thing is just a physical feature that you had no control over and for companies like amazing lights or futuristic or led or whatever company you guys like to go to to actually consider small hands like that is a pretty big step in my book so why am i talking all about this really simple this episode is pretty much a product review it's going to be the inaugural episode of a mini series that i'm going to be calling the chip analysis archive pretty much just a product review series very simple i'm going to be going over pretty much all the chips available that are on the market per episode in this little mini series and the first one i decided i wanted to start on is the one that i've actually owned for quite a while which is the chromas controls Now, the Chroma controls are pretty much your latest iteration of the Chroma series, which started with the Chroma, and then there was a limited edition Chroma, and then you had the 24s, and then there was a limited edition, limited editions 36 that are out there. Those are high collector items. And then we finally land on the Chroma controls. Now, I'm not going to pretty much go into great detail about the Chroma series. However, I will just say a basic outline is that when it came to the Chroma and then the invention of the Chroma controls, the Chroma series, you were locked into your five modes with those five flashing patterns. You couldn't deviate from any of them. You can only work around those flashing patterns to create your own customized flashing pattern in a sense, which if you're not really understanding what I mean by that is that with the induction of tint control and the color combination and the blank settings, you're able to create new flashing patterns within the flashing patterns that you had. However, you were just locked into those. And for somebody like me who like more flexibility to change as much as they can to create their own, that was a big hamper on my my abilities. Now, did I let that stop me? Heavens no. <laughs> I, I pushed through. I worked on sets for hours on end just making sure that they looked right or they had the effect I was looking for. But with the Chroma controls, that's no longer an issue. Now, let me just kind of go through a little overview of, you know, their features, the programming, the engineering features, which is the physical features that they have on there. And then I will actually go through my points of quality, which my points of quality pretty much reside in these categories. The first one will be color, 
you got flashing patterns, battery life, ease of use, color blending, and mobility, which I'll get into a little bit, brightness, accuracy, which is an asterisk next to it for a very specific reason, and of course, size. So those are my points of quality when it comes to chips. Uh, this is the pretty much the points that I've asked a lot of people what they're looking for, and these are all these points were pretty much said by everybody in some form or another, and this is how I was able to compile it. So preface by saying this right now, if you feel like there's a point on here that needs to be on here, please let me know so I can actually focus on that point as well. I've spent a good week just studying this chip for a little while just to make sure I got everything down and pretty much covered. But if I feel if you feel like I missed something that I need to be covering when it comes to this product review series, please let me know so I can actually do that. But other than that, let's actually get into the Chroma controls. So this is pretty much what they wrote on the top of their little pamphlet thing that they give out when you actually buy these sets. The most popular glove light of all time has been unlocked. With the E-Lite Chroma Control, you can now access the latest full customization programming technology. You can choose from 11 stunning flashing patterns for each of the five mode slots, then put those modes in any order you desire. Click through a 30 color palette with the four brand new color creations at the time of when this was released and then discover the e-lock feature for the ultimate light transportation efficiency. So here are your main features. You got five custom modes, which are the slots that you can choose from. You got seven color slots in each of those modes. And along top of that, you have the three tier tint control, which is your high, medium, low settings. And on top of all of that, you have the 11 flashing patterns, which are read as followed. From pattern one to pattern 11, it goes strobe, hyperstrobe, dops, strobe, Flicker, Chroma, Strobe Morph, Shapeshifter, Vex, Crush, and Blinky. Now I'm not going to try to describe what these flashing patterns look like to you. I will just recommend that you can look up the product review, well, the product overview from the Amazing Lights YouTube channel because they do show and provide a visual view of what the flashing patterns look like. Pretty simple, right? So when it comes to the colors, you have 30 different colors when you count the blank. So 29 actual colors and a blank. But when you add in tint control, you add three times the amount of color options to choose from. So when you add the blank into that, it comes up to a total of 88 different colors. If you count blank as black. That's relatively simple. Makes total sense, right? Then you also have, you know, motor reordering, which I'll get into a little bit. You also have the e-lock function and the master reset, which Almost every light has that, especially when it comes to programmers. Almost every single light is going to have the master reset function just to make it easier for you to not only want, if you want to do a complete overhaul, you can just do a master reset. Or if you made a boo boo anywhere and you feel like you just need to start all over again, you have it. So let's just kind of go through the normal operations with the light. So with the Chroma controls, it's relative, relatively easy. You click it to turn it on, you click the you know, cycle through the five modes. Once you hit the fifth mode, it's going to restart it to the first mode. If you want to turn off the light, you just hold it until it turns off. Relatively simple, if that makes any sense. Okay. Now, when it comes to the color programming, color programming and tint control are in the same programming. I'm pretty much just going to kind of go through all the different programming features that they have on here and try to keep all the ones that are in one programming function in the same one. So that way it makes it a little bit easier to understand. So when it comes to the color programming, it's relatively easy. You're going to just turn on the light and you're going to go to the mode that you want to change the colors on. So let's just say, for example, I want to change mode two. 
I click on the light, I'm on mode one. I click it again and it gets me to mode two. And then you're gonna hold on to the light until it turns off and then keep holding it until you see the orange flashes. Once you do that, then you can let go. Then you're gonna start at your very first color, which is white. And then you're gonna cycle through your colors, which if you didn't know, they actually configured the color setup to pretty much a rainbow configuration, which if you guys remember from my color theory, it's basically they're starting from one diode, which is red, and it shifts over into green, and then it'll shift it over again into blue, and then it starts mixing in all the colors for the different tertiary colors that are out there. Okay, when it comes to the tint control and the color programming is when you choose your selected color and you, let's say you want a different tint, you're gonna hold on to the light and you're gonna see the light start cycling through the brightness settings and then you're gonna let go on the one that you desire. So let's just say, for example, I wanna do a red, green, blue and I want it to have a tint of a blue, green, you know, cyan type of color. So let's go with red medium. So I'm going to hold on to the red until I start seeing it cycle and then I'm going to choose the medium setting and let go. What you're going to see is the light actually flash the color that you selected before it goes back into the programming and it will keep doing that all the way until you finish your entire slot of your choices. So you know I go to my second color which would be green and I want it on high so I'll hold it pretty much for a half second and I'll get that and I'll do the same for blue. Now I have three colors. Now I can either choose four more colors to add into this or I can end it right there. So let's just say I want to end it right there. I'm going to go to the blank, which is your second color in the color selection, and I'm gonna hold it until I see red. Once I see red, I'll let go, and then the light will turn back on showing me my new set, okay? So now I have a red, green, blue set, three colors with the tint of a blue green, okay? Simple, right? Now you just do that for all the other modes that you want. Relatively simple, right? And then once you're done, you're pretty much done from there in terms of color programming. Now the next programming that they have set up is the flash pattern programming, which in my opinion, from my experience from previous iterations of lights that they, the amazing lights that actually put out, I actually like how they separated this, this flashing pattern programming setup to its own thing because like the oracles, you had to hold the light down to cycle through the flashing patterns and you had to pretty much count which ones you wanted to get to. That's no longer an issue. So when it comes to the chroma controls, pretty much you're just gonna turn on the light and go to the mode that you want to change the flashing pattern to. And then you're gonna hold down the light until you see the blue flashes and then you let go. Then you get to click and scroll through the flashing patterns that you have in the chip. Unlike the oracles where you actually had to hold it and wait until you hit that point or to that specific flashing pattern to actually get it. I like this setup because now I don't have to sit there and actually have to count the number of times it cycles through a flashing pattern to get to the desired one. I just know I have to click it X amount of times to get to the desired one. Okay, and once you actually select that, you hold it down for half a second and let it go. The light will come back on to the mode that you selected and showing you the new flashing pattern. That's pretty much, in my opinion, the simplest programming that they have in this chip. Now I can understand with the color programming that it can be very time consuming. I definitely agree. They are tricks that people have come up with over the years to help mitigate the time consumption. But to a lot of people, they kind of just want to program one chip, point it to the other chips and boom, there it goes. That's a different product for a different product review. You know, so far so good. The programming is really, in my opinion, relatively easy. Then let's go on to the mode reordering, which is 
relatively simple in my opinion. So you're going to have your light off and then you're going to hold the light down until you see green flashes. Now there is a safety valve feature that they put on select, fe uh, select programming features for a specific reason. So when it comes to the mode reordering, once you get to the green flashes and you let go, you're going to see the light come on again being a bright green. Now you click on the light and it's going to go to a lower tint green, which is kind of flashing. The reason why that is there, it's pretty much a, are you sure you want to do this feature? So the light green is yes and the low green is for no. The main reason why that is there is because when we put our gloves in bags and backpacks or any other luggage, sometimes, you know, lights are going to get crushed. You know, the button's going to get pressed and it's going to go into the setting. And this is just a measure to prevent it from doing any damage to your set, essentially. So if you're going to change your modes, you want to go to the, the bright green. If you just made a mistake and didn't want to go into that programming, then you go to the low green and click it to exit. But let's say we're actually changing it. You're going to click on the high green and then it's going to go to your first mode that you have programmed. And you're going to select which mode you want to be first. So let's just say I want mode two to be first. So that'll be my first one. I go to mode two, I click it, boom, it's in its first slot. Then I want mode one to be number two and I want number five to be number three and I want number three to be four. You know, something to that effect, okay? Now let's just say you're only going to program three of them in. All right, so let's just say you're gonna do the first three. You do one, then you do two, then you do three. Now you're done, but you're still in the programming. How do you get out of it? You're just gonna click the light and hold it until it turns off. Then it's gonna turn back on to the first selected mode and cycle through that. Now, if you're somebody who's like a conjurer and wants the conjure feature, all you gotta do is choose one mode that you want and then you're gonna get out of the exiting and it's just gonna be an on off feature, which is your conjuring feature, okay? That's how mode reordering works. You know, I'm a huge fan of this because I don't like being locked into a set flashing patterns and specific sets of modes because I like flexibility. Okay, now we have two last features, which is your e-lock feature and your master reset. Master reset is relatively easy. You have the light off, you hold it until you see the white flashes. And again, just like the mode reordering, it's going to give you the option to say yes or no. High is for yes, low is for no. And when it comes to the e-lock feature, you're just going to hold the light from the off position and hold it until you see the red flashes. Again, like mode reordering, you're going to get a yes, no question. You're going to answer accordingly. And if you say yes to locking it, it will lock. And the only way to turn the light back on is you have to hold the button down for three whole seconds before the light turns back on. Okay, those are pretty much all the features and all the programming stuff that I needed to get into. Now some of the physical features of what I like to call the engineering features is that it has the one cross arm for battery replacement ease. This has been probably one of the best setups that they, you know, most companies have come out with because back in the day with older chips like iNovas or like Drop 2s, you know, from my experience, they had a single arm that was pretty much just a plate bolted into place and it was specifically designed to be bent down a little bit for the pressure to keep the connection strong. Over time, these plates would get really, really worn out by pulling the batteries out because you had to slide them in underneath and you know then it clicked into place and it was kind of hard to actually pull them out because they're in a flushed point, which if you don't understand what I mean, is that when the lights are in, well, if the batteries are in correctly, that it would be perfectly flush with the very, very top. So you kind of have to have a little mini screwdriver to actually pop those things out. With this setup, it makes it so much easier to actually just slide in the batteries and slide them out. 
you never have to worry about the arm getting worn out and losing connection because how it's set up it comes from the sides it goes up and then it crosses over so the main it maintains the connection over time so the durability is really really strong all the prongs and all the connections for all the chips and, and all the fuses and stuff are soldered down for durability purposes which is one of my opinions is really really good because you know we can be really really rough with our products and you know i've seen i've seen back in the day in the early iterations of programmables have how many people broke the light bulbs off really easily because they weren't soldered properly uh they've actually gone the extra step to make sure that the soldering was sound so all that all the connections and stuff were soldered for durability purposes the chip circumference which is the size around the chip is about the size of a dime pretty much 1620s or size of a dime this is pretty much a good standard of a good size light granted i know people have smaller fingers than dimes don't worry about it they have come out with lights to help with that and of course to top it all off they put a clear bulb on you know which to a lot of people that's what they want to some people like myself i prefer frosted but other than that those are all your physical features those are all the programming features those are all the custom features that you get with the chroma control okay the things that it doesn't have, it does not have an accelerometer, it does not have chip-to-chip -chip communication, it does not have the Bluetooth feature. This is pretty much the latest version of an archaic form of programming, as some people would say. Now, to the points of quality. When it comes to the colors, they're very vibrant. All of them are very, very vibrant. They're very, very distinct. The one thing I noticed that when you get to the lower tints, it loses a little bit of consistency. For example, like lavender will start moving towards a red once you get to the lower tints, in my, from what I've seen. You know, the palette that it offers is very comparable. You have so much variation and variety to go from. I can't really see how you have an issue coming up with new sets, you know, or just tinkering around with different color combinations and see how it looks all together. You know, the number of combinations you can come up with these colors is almost immeasurable. Unfortunately, my computer cannot even measure out that specific number. It had to condense it as much as possible, so I'm not going to get into that. You know, so color color is really, really good in my opinion. Is If I had to give it a, a rating scale, I'll probably say an 8 out of 10. And the main reason why I probably have some issues is that it does suffer from the purple bleeding problem, from my experience. The one way I've always been able to mitigate the purple bleeding problem was, you know, making sure that the other colors that are near it are not going to bleed into it. So I always try to avoid blue and red next to it because it will bleed into that. Red actually helps make purple stand out a little bit more compared to blue, but you still kind of get a bleeding problem where it gets a little bit too, lack of a better phrase, rosy for me. But other than that, there's not really a huge issue when it comes to that. I will definitely say that I consistently like the color palette and this is where I feel comfortable with. But moving on, we're going to go to the flashing patterns. You know, you're keeping the five classics that the chromas started with, which is great because, you know, that's one of the reasons why the chromas were so popular was those flashing patterns especially the chroma flashing pattern you know and adding six additional ones with four of them are unique at the time of their release you know so you have you have a lot of variety going on with these flashing patterns you know with, when you take in the color programming with the blank integration you know you could come up with some really really cool designs i actually like putting blanks you know variously throughout color combinations to put on shapeshifter because I like how you know how blanks kind of interact into that that whole flashing pattern so you know it allows you to at least with this palette of flashing patterns it allows you to at least emulate if you can't replicate traditional 
classic flashing patterns that people have fallen in love with over the years. You know, especially in my opinion, <laughs> my favorite mode was the bit fourth mode, and I, you know, I followed what Amazing Lights said that their configuration. I noticed that it wasn't quite as true to the original flashing pattern as it was. What I discovered was they added too many blanks, and I just cut off a blank at the end, and it brought it to the frequency that I remember. And that's that's how you want to go about it. So when it actually comes to certain modes. You're going to have to tinker with it, especially if you remember this mode very, very fondly and you know exactly how it's supposed to look. You're going to have to take some time to tinker to actually replicate it. If you can't replicate it, emulate it the best you can, right? All right, so color blending and idle tint is the next category. I know, I know I didn't really say idle tint the first time around, but idle tint pretty much kind of goes in with the color blending aspect. You know, so idle tint can be very, very accurate, you know, certain certain colors when it comes to idle tint you're gonna have to really work around trying to get the desired tint that you want you know that's why they have so many different variations and brightness settings this is what will help you actually achieve what you're looking for you know it allows you to make the same configuration of colors like for example let's just say red yellow green blue but with the tint controls you can actually customize each individual light to be different yet when you move all your hands around all the colors are going to be the same okay that allows you to have some really, really good mode, uh, variations in your color patterns and actually bring in another level to your light show overall, in my opinion. So brightness. It's very, very consistent for about 75% of its battery life. Now, I know a lot of people are probably going to disagree with me, but it's just something I've noticed over the years when it came to this and with certain testings at events over my years with these gloves. And I've noticed that... 75% of the time it's you know very very bright and it's really really good But once you hit the 75% point that's when you're gonna start noticing the decrease in brightness very dramatically very very quickly as time goes on and When it comes to the tint control and specifically with the brightness You can see a drastic difference between the low and high which highlights are going to just drown out the low lights Unless you're moving your hands fast enough to actually give enough spacing to actually showcase the low lights That's probably one of the biggest issues for me is with the the tent control is that it's just so drastically different that it actually does a little bit more harm than good. Now, I'm not going to go into whole huge details, but if I was one making the brightness settings, I would make what we have for medium be low and actually just cut the difference between the high setting and the medium setting in half and make that the medium setting. That way the low setting will still be very, very bright and vibrant, but you can tell it's the lowest one. And you know, that's just my personal opinion. Do I actually have any grounds to actually demonstrate how to get that to that point? No, but if there was a way, I hope there is. And if anyone who are designing these things are listening, please take that into account. It's just something I've noticed it kind of actually drives me up the wall like if i use a high yellow with a low blue the blue is just so hard to see especially in the absolute darkness it's still very very hard to see so that's just kind of one of those things when it comes to brightness now when it comes to battery life these batteries can last forever you know 24 hours of continuous loose before the battery is completely dead i would probably give you a good 14 to 16 hours of consistent light without any issues you know, the E-Lock feature really, really helps for along the battery life. In my opinion, it's probably one of the best things that you come out in a long while is just to help prolong battery life to actually help people not take a huge dent in their wallet. Now, immobility is something I know a lot of people 
are probably going to get a little confused on. What I mean by immobility is how heavy is the light compared to the accessories that you're using to keep the light in place. Now, a lot of companies have really been pushing on this ergodynamic features on their casings where it allows it to really help mold to your finger and help keep it in place. Now, there are some older iterations where it's not so great. In my opinion, when it comes to the chroma controls, they're relatively light, especially with the casings, they can stay in place really, relatively well. However, what I have an issue with is I tend to sweat, and once I actually start sweating, then the grip of my casings are pretty much compromised. And especially when it comes to smaller fingers like my pinky, it, you know, it will move around. Now, please do keep in mind, I do use cube diffusers, and cube diffusers do add quite a bit of weight. So, you know, if you're somebody who has a lot of high velocity moves in their in their show, <laughs> I'll tell you, speaking from experience, I've seen gloves flying off. I've had my own glove fly off and smack somebody in the face from across the room. I've found ways to help me prevent that from happening, but I really do feel like it's just not very ideal. However, I'm gonna get into a huge amount of detail. But yeah, immobility, in my opinion, is very, very important. It needs to really grip onto your fingers to keep them in place, especially somebody like me who likes to change their lights. I like to keep my lights consistently in one spot so every time I go to click it, it will be in the same spot. That way I'm not having to sit there and as I'm in the show, kind of feel out the lights and make sure I'm in the right spot type deal. Now granted, companies have come out with different casings to help with that issue, but it's just one of the things that is still a work in progress in my opinion, okay? Pretty much the best thing I can tell you when it comes to immobility, if you're having some issues and you just don't have the money to actually drop on to new equipment, uh, my best suggestion is to get a nail filer and lightly file the finger your fingernails on top. It gives just enough friction to actually get enough traction to grip. Uh, you don't have to do this every single time. I would just say, you know, every time every three times you take your gloves off you might have to refile but that shouldn't be an issue so ease of use in my opinion the chromas are actually relatively easy to use all the programming features are all separated you know color and tint are in the same one which makes total sense you know you got the flash pattern programming separated you got the mode reordering programming separated you got the e-lock and the master reset separated from everything my opinion having all of those programming features separated is good i can certainly tell you that a lot of people are going to say well that's just so much work that i have to put into it you know i'm not going to get into a whole detail about that because you know for somebody like me i sit there with a piece of paper holding the pamphlet and actually like writing down the colors the brightness settings and what flashing patterns i want to use on them and it takes me a couple of hours to actually sit there and culminate an entire glove set that i want which for the record my type of a glove set is four modes you know all customized you know to some people it's just one if you're just somebody who just wants to have one set and you're just going to do your whole spiel without having to change the modes very very simple as it gets into where i am it can get a little difficult however i don't find you know the whole programming each light an issue if I have multiple lights, they're going to be the same configurations. I'm going to program those at the same time. You know, you can hold four different lights together and actually program them all at the same time. I can understand where people are like, well, that can get a little hard for some people and, you know, difficult to actually keep the lights in place and making sure that when they're clicking, they're all changing at the same time. I'll even tell you from my own experience, I've had times where I've been clicking and, you know, 
all the lights changed except for one, so then I have to then have to change the one to catch up to all the other ones. I can see how that can be very very frustrating, but when you actually take it into retrospect from you know older sets that have come out, you know having all these different programming features separated from each other does make it easier because then you're not having to sit there and be like, okay, I programmed this color set. Now I'm still in the programming, so I now have to get to the the, the flashing pattern programming section and actually go through that and then try to put what mode I want it in type deal. You know, instead of all being, you know, the programming all in one feature, it's all separated so you can actually change and customize where you don't have to like reset everything. You know, like a grand grand example is when it came to the oracles, let's say I programmed for four sets and I don't like what I done with the last set. I will have to reprogram the first three sets before I can change the fourth one. You know, that's <laughs> that was something that was rather rather annoying but you know with this setup it makes it a lot easier you can actually just go to whatever mode you want to change change it the way you want it set it in the place that you want it boom you're done when it comes to programming programming takes time if you ever see somebody program stuff on a computer it takes a lot of time i can tell you that myself okay the other thing i want to say about ease of use with the battery changing it's made so simple over the years from my own experience especially when it comes to smaller battery sizes in the configuration that they have it, it makes it so much easier. Now I can understand when it comes to opening up all your chips and then having to pull all your chips out, that can be really annoying. So finding an easier way to do that is something I feel can be worked on. You know, maybe you have a, a back door at the end of the chips and then you have a button to push that pushes all the batteries out and then you can just slide the new ones in. You don't ever have to take it out of the case type deal, so on and so forth. But again, that's all in speculation. You know, so having those set up is probably why this set is so easy to use. Now, when it comes to accuracy, accuracy basically, in my opinion, either goes with the colors that the chip's using or in the case of certain chips like the elements or the atoms where they have the accelerometer, uh, how accurate is that accelerometer when it comes to the changes? You know, when you look at the element V1s, when you're moving around in there in one mode and you completely stop, you'll actually see it take a second before it actually changes to the next mode. So it wasn't very reactive. You know, like if you look at the future futuristic lights kinetics, they were extremely responsive when it came to the accelerometer feature. You know, so that's where accuracy usually lines in the points of the quality. So in this case, the color is very accurate. It does lose consistency in the lower tints, like I said before. However, it's not a major, major issue. I will say purple is always gonna be a very difficult color to work with, especially purple and lavender. It's just, with additive color theory, it's just really, really difficult to actually pull off consistently. Okay, now again, size, it's about the size of a dime. It's not, it's great, it's not for everyone, but it is a great start, you know. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and tell companies that they need to take in, you know, take into consideration individual finger sizes because you know that kind of brings more complexity to the level of manufacturing. So you know, if they can make it smaller, fantastic. I feel, at least in my personal opinion, that being the size of a dime is probably the most ideal, the ideal size that you can have. You know, and now I can understand when it comes to pinkies, especially like myself, my pinky is smaller than a dime. I can. Definitely understand the frustration behind that. However, with uniformity, dime size is pretty much the ideal size for me. So, what does this all entail overall? Well, it's relatively easy. You know, if I had to give 
the chroma controls a grade i would give them a solid b to a b plus mainly because of the ease of use the flexibility and versatility that you're being offered with the mode reordering you know you're not locked into set stuff which makes me happy because the more flexibility i have with my own designs the better now i can understand a lot of people who are like well i just don't really care you know about it as much as you do which is understandable however there are people out there like me who really take in consideration things like that now the price of the chroma controls at the time of this recording when i checked on it it was 69.95 which is under a hundred dollars which i can certainly tell you for a lot of budget enthusiasts such as myself being under a hundred dollars is ideal because it's <laughs> i can even tell you from my own experience and from you know my mom's experience purchasing me this stuff she was trying to find ways to justify not buying me these chips because they were over a hundred dollars you know she told me so many times if these were under a hundred dollars i wouldn't even blink at buying these for you guys but they're over a hundred dollars so it makes it hard for me to even think about it of course with me being how my mom is and having to approach an argument with her as it was as if it's a you know a court case i had to present my evidence to her to explain why it it's a good investment you know so the price is great in my opinion some people say it's a great price for a burner set i will i will say this when it comes to burner sets i i really would not want to spend more than 50 dollars on a set to be burned when it comes to venues and things like that main reason is is just it just makes more sense to me that if you're okay with burning 50 dollars on a set like that but you know anything higher than that to me it's just like do you really want to put that kind of investment just to lose them you know personally in my opinion i would never want to jeopardize any chips that i ever bought and you know the possibility of losing them you know so there are other sets out there that are better considered burner sets uh you know pre-wires are probably the best one in my opinion because they're so cheap or you know they're like 20 dollars Granted, I know that the pre-wires I'm used to do not exist. There's just a new setup where it's the wires that you can put into any glove. But I'm going to still call them pre-wires because, let's face it, they're still wired. So, you know, overall, I, I'll give them a good B, B+. Plus. You know, the the flexibility, the versatility, the, the vibrant colors, everything that this chip offers is, my opinion, it fits pretty much any category. It's great for a beginner to understand programming. Not only that, they're not having to go through the technical complexity of having to program in the color sets and then change all, you know, cycle through all the flashing patterns for each set. And if they mess up, they have to start all over again. You know, being able to change each individual mode is very important to me. So overall, this set is a very great set. It's great for beginners. It's great for somebody who's an intermediate and it's great for somebody who's been in as long as I have. You know, it, off, it does offer everything to every type of glover. Now, I know there's some little nitpicks that a lot of people are probably going to say about it. And I totally understand where you come from. There are other chips on the market that can probably suit you. When am I going to cover those? Not entirely sure yet, but I'll let you guys know as soon as possible. Other than that, that's pretty much the entire review of the Chroma controls. If you do not have a set of these, I do recommend getting them because... They're simple, in my opinion. They're very simple, very easy to use. They're very durable light. They, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm very, very loyal to Amazing Lights, but when it comes to certain products, the Chroma Controls 
at the time really knocked it out of the ballpark. It's something that I've been satisfied with for a very, very long time. There are still many, many things I have yet to even try with these. There's many, many different combinations I haven't tried and I still gotta even, you know, experiment with. So that's pretty much all for the Chroma controls. B plus B is their overall grade. They're a fantastic set. Definitely want to get your guys' opinion on these. Do you guys own a pair of Chroma controls? If you do, what is it that you like about them? What is it that you don't like about them? If you don't have a pair of Chroma controls, what else do you want to know before you actually make your decision on purchasing them? Granted, I know everyone's going to pretty much just tell you, don't buy any chips until the evolutions come out, whatever they may be. You know, <laughs> I will certainly tell you this. When it, when it comes to new product releases, I have learned over the years, especially through like Magic Gathering, video games and stuff like that, you know, there's the hype train that everyone's going to go buy it, you know, everyone's going to try to get their hands on it as soon as it comes out, thus causing this whole inflation of pricing for premium products. You know, my recommendation when it comes to the new chips that are coming out, just let them come out and just wait maybe a month or two. Not saying that after a month or two, you're just going to be so far behind that no one, you know, that no one's going to care. You know, I, I just, my recommendation is just wait maybe a month or two, see if the price comes down a little bit. You know, crying out loud, I bought the Chroma controls when they were over $100 at the time, and now they're not. So, <laughs> goes to show you how the secondary market works. Other than that, that's pretty much my episode for this week. I definitely like to thank everyone who has been listening to this show so far. I definitely want to thank everyone who's been liking my page on Facebook. Definitely been interacting with me on Discord. Thoroughly been enjoying your guys' feedback. If there's anything else you guys want me to cover about the Chroma Controls, please let me know. You can definitely hit me up at my Facebook, which is aptly named The Gloving Paradigm. You can also hit me up at my email, which is muttonchopguy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Reddit, which is under the username muttonchopguy, if you haven't figured that out yet. And, of course, you'll find my link to my Discord server here in the episode description, so you can actually hit me up there. There's been a good amount of talk there lately, so if you want to get up on that train, please do so. Other than that, that is it for my show. I'm your host, Peter, a.k.a. LPD8 Dubuque, and I'll see you guys all next week.